That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. When you think about a big ticket item, something that typically costs a lot of money, do you consider a brand new car? Is it a trip? Or is it a house? Now let's think about those three big ticket items. So let's start with the car. Now, a brand new car, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for something that is, you know, a, a local or I shouldn't say domestic product like a Ford or a Chevy, a new car might start at $20,000 perhaps. Or if you want something really fancy, you want a, a Porsche or an Audi, that's going to range Oh, I'm not even sure, but it's it's way more money than I could ever afford to spend on a car. So let's just leave it at that. And when you think about a trip, you know, we're starting to travel now. You know, a trip to trip that used to cost, you know, if I if we went to Mexico, it used to cost maybe $2,000 and now it's probably double. And so that can sometimes be out of your price range. But a house now a house is probably the biggest ticket item that you will have in your lifetime. And when you think about buying the right car, going on the right trip, or buying that right house, you typically have someone who is helping you, whether it's a car salesman, it's a travel agent, or a real estate agent. Now, these three professionals will do some research ask questions, determine what is it that you are looking for in a car, a trip, or a house. And by working with these professionals, you most likely will get what it is that you are looking for and something that you will be happy with. Because when you don't go through that process and you buy something that you're not 100% sure you typically have buyer's remorse and you regret that purchase. My guest today is someone who has over 25 years experience in real estate, who has successfully created her own company, has won numerous awards for customer service, sales, and pretty much any other category that you can think of. 
Her name is Marcia Bergen. She is the owner of the Marcia Bergen Group with Royal Page Prime. And Marcia is going to share her information, her background, and tips on perhaps finding that forever home. Please help me welcome Marcia. Hey, Marcia. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. It's so good to be here. Thanks. So wonderful to see you. I know it's been a while. I know we're both so busy, and um, but I'm glad that you were able to make time today, and um, I'm so happy to, to have you here. Uh, thanks. Me too. It's always a pleasure. Of course. Now, we've known each other for about five years, I guess, right? Right. I think so. I know we were, we were talking about how we met. And that's the thing. Uh, when you are friends with someone and it's it's a good relationship, you think, oh, how did we meet? You know, and it seems like we've just known each other forever. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, no, it's been great. I love it. Good, me too. Now, I want to find out because I think in all the years that we've known each other, I don't think I've ever asked you how you got it started in real estate. So how did you get started in real estate? Oddly enough, I got started in real estate sales, uh, really just by a combination, I think, of sheer luck and and also just knowing the right people. And my career just sort of transitioned into real estate sales. I started my career in real estate, actually as a real estate paralegal, and um, worked in a rural town. I grew up outside of Winnipeg, uh, just about 40 minutes out of Winnipeg, and and ended up... um, in my 20s, I was managing a small law firm there that practiced primarily real estate and some corporate commercial law. And, and from there, I actually transitioned into working for a real estate developer. Uh, so we worked in a lot of like multi-residential sort of like apartment buildings and some big uh, commercial retail sort of spaces. After working there for about uh, six years, working landlord side and, and doing a lot of development, I decided to get a real estate license and I actually thought back then that I would uh, work primarily in commercial leasing. So I took a stab at it. And in all honesty, it was the most boring thing that I'd really ever endeavored. <laughs> it's really a lot of dollars and cents and uh, engineering plans and uh, really was not my niche at all. Uh, so while I had the knowledge, I just felt like that was not the right path for me. So a about 11 years ago, I transitioned solely into residential sales, which is still where I'm where I'm at. I focus primarily on helping families and working with first-time home buyers, or I do have some investors who either buy, you know, for their rental portfolios or, you know, to buy and then essentially flip a home. We don't like to refer it as that because it seems to have a bad stigma. But I do work with a lot of clients who want to buy or purchase a home, condo, do some renovations, and then resell it. Uh, I also, that is my passion. So I think I, I moved last year again, and I think this is my 18th project of uh, purchasing, renovating. Uh, this one I don't plan to sell. I've uh, just purchased what is the start of sort of like a rental Airbnb property. So looking to uh, still purchase and renovate, but not with the pain of having to move through it. So that's sort of the background of how I've stumbled along and, and where I am today. Well, that's amazing um, because I remember, I'm trying to think now how many years ago you had that condo. Do you remember that your condo? Oh, yeah, that's, um, I think that's four properties back and that would put me back about, yeah, for like four or five years, five years, maybe even six. 
Yeah. I remember coming to your condo and we were having wine, of course. And uh, I just remember all the details. I mean, you have such an eye for not just decorating and, and so on, but even what is it um, when you when you put things uh, in place? Uh, what what do they call it in real estate? Staging, styling. Okay. So it's not going to be staging because it's your own house or in, in this case, your condo, but you're replacing everything and everything seemed to be in its right spot. And I'll always remember the uh, that barn door. Yeah, that was such a focal point and it really added a lot to to the room. Right. I loved it because I mean, I obviously I took that den and I used it as a formal dining area, but it sort of created, um, and this is still how I live. And, and anybody who knows me and has been at my homes, my homes always have a very similar feel. I want my house to feel like a big hug. So I focus a lot on, you know, creating spaces that are private, are personal, and you can have experiences in the house. And so, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I, I'm about everything decorating and design and, it's, it's really my passion, uh, second, meeting new people and, uh, yeah, getting to, getting to know new people, which is, you know, real estate's the best of both worlds, like for myself. Yeah. It's been good. I can see that. And, and I can, I can see why you got out of commercial real estate, um, because you're a people person and, you know, I'm the same way. I'm a people person. And if I have to work with numbers and spreadsheets and data, it's like, if I have to do it, I will do it, but that's not where my energy is. No, I'm with you. It's a necessary evil. Like even in my job, it's still obviously necessary when we're advising clients on, you know, financing. And especially as of late, like mortgage, uh, mortgage lending has definitely changed. The interest rates are creeping up. Uh, qualifying rates are changing. So it's been really stressful for a lot of buyers. So obviously we need to understand that part of the business, but it's definitely not my favorite part. Yeah. And as you say, necessary evil, but it, you know, it balances out with all the fun stuff that you get to do, you know, 100%. So, yeah, yeah. when you're staging. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot more fun uh, than it is uh, not fun. So yeah. Wonderful. Now, when it comes to color, because I'm, I'm a big proponent of how wearing the right color or having the right color around you can make a big difference. And do you find that People are, when they're looking for a home, is it the color on the walls? Is it the the shape? Is it the size? Like from your experience working with couples and people who are, or not just couples, but anyone who's buying a house, what is their sort of um, number one wish on their wish list when buying a house? Well, I think again, um, it really depends on the client. So when you work with like myself or my team, the first thing that we do is we actually sit down, we set up a meeting, we get to know our buyers because definitely it's very personal to every single buyer. Uh, when we're talking about aesthetics, whether it's color or feel, uh, what I find, and I advise my sellers on this because working with so many buyers, um, buyers really want to fall in love with your home. I mean, purchasing your home is obviously financial, but I always say to my clients, you know, it's 80% emotional and 20% financial. And it really is. So I actually read this uh, stat maybe a week or two ago that uh, houses with black door actually uh, get eight to 10% more. Uh, so it was really interesting because I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I've never read that before. And I don't know if that's true, but I, I personally have a black door. But I would say that 
buyers really fall in love with an overall feel of a home. So sometimes it's color. So for an example, someone who is a minimalist and likes a very modern decor might really enjoy a home that may not have a modern decor, but has a very uh, clean palette. Somebody who has worked more with um, texture in their design elements as opposed to color. Now on the opposite uh, end of that spectrum, uh, what we find is a lot of our clients who, for an example, love mid-century modern architecture, some uh, listings or some, some homes that we show, if that home was renovated, say, in like 1975, 1980, 2000, and the, the seller or the owner of that home really strayed away from the mid-century feel. So you've, let's say, have some renovated bathrooms that have a more modern or a modern farmhouse feel that sort of strays away from the mid-century vibe of the home, that's where you kind of lose your your buyers. And so our buyers who are really set on that vibe, yeah, you've lost them, even if only two rooms of the home aren't uh, of the same aesthetic feel. So uh, what we're finding with buyers, and, and I think for myself, and maybe you would say the same, is fall in love with the whole package of the home. So even if it's color, a person who um, likes a colorful, cheerful home, will stay consistent with that vibe. Most people, most, can sort of see past a paint color, um, but they can't see past sort of space of a home. So again, even when we're working with uh, sellers, we really focus on that because when we're working with buyers, we see how important it is. And it's really selling the concept of space. Can someone, you know, envision their family there? So for sure, they have their own idea of what that feels like. So whether it's really colorful, whether it's warm and neutral, whether it's open and airy, I think that that's more what people fall in love with. I know for myself it is. If I can see that my furniture will fit in a space, even if the color happens to be something darker and everyone who knows me knows that I paint white with white, but but I think that that's really more of what it is than, say, color per se. Mm-hmm. And I get that because, you know, paint, you can always paint over it, you know, so if you're not happy about the paint color, you can get that painted. If you're not happy that there's shag or there's carpeting that's, you know, seen better, better times, you can rip that out, you can replace the the wooden floors, you can, you can do so much, you know, in terms of the cosmetics of a house, but you're right, it's, how is this going to fit? You know, can my dining room table fit in that space? Can my couch or do I have to buy a new couch? You know, and do you find that when people are looking at buying a house, they will buy new stuff like new appliances or new furniture? Or do you think that they'll they bring stuff in and then see how it works and then decide, you know, whether they need to buy anything to replace what they have? Honestly, like in that case, it really depends again on the buyer. So quite often the first time home buyer, depending where they're at, like when they're looking at a home, appliances matter because they're typically maxed out on their budget. They have literally scrimped and saved and this is everything they have. So the details really matter to that buyer. We find as somebody who's, you know, like myself or somebody who's owned a home for 10 years, some people are really attached to the things in their home and those things like they're non-negotiable. So, you know, we're doing a lot of measuring with the measuring tapes to ensure that their furniture will actually fit. Whereas, you know, some people actually want to break up with the things that they own <laughs> and start over. So it, it really is it's interesting to see, uh, especially for an example, when we're working with um, 
uh, let's say a military family that knows that they're going to be moving in two or three years, they're really not attached to a lot. And I can't say this for every single military family that we work with, but they know that they're moving constantly. So they tend to, you know, purchase things that are more movable or, or replaceable. They're not attached. We did work with one family this year who actually was relocating and the clients actually purchased a washer and dryer because they had it for so long and and they were so attached to their washer and dryer. And in this case, obviously their move is paid for. So that was a not negotiable item that was not staying. And <laughs> it, was, it was kind of became, yeah, funny because obviously we're working on the other side when we're representing them, a lot of buyers wanted the washer and dryer. And yeah, that was not going to happen in this case. So again, it is really buyer specific we try to work with our clients when they are attached to their things to make recommendations as far as how they could modify the home, what paint colors they could use, how they could, you know, window dress the home or whatever to make it work with what they currently have. So we do, um, both Paige, who's on my team and I are super design savvy, but I'd also say like, it's our passion. We're constantly, if anybody saw our outside chats, outside of office hours, it's, it's 99% design and what we found where and how Paige is making some sort of a self-made painting to save herself $4,000. So doing imitation art, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but yeah. So I, I mean, again, it really depends on the client, but we're for all things. We love it. And we love working with clients who need to replace things helping them find like resources to do that. Uh, again, love that. And, um, and also working with, you know, making the, their new house work with what they currently have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, it sounds like you do a lot actually for your clients and, and you write about the non-negotiables. Sometimes you just can't let something go and maybe it's, it's a detriment to this, the selling of the place just because then people might say, well, if I don't get the wash and dryer, then I'm not buying the house. And so you take that risk. But I mean, if it's something you want, I mean, you own it and, and you have every right to take it with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a question about first impressions because first impressions sometimes are accurate. You know, when you meet someone and before they even say anything, you're just like, ah, I think I, I know what that person's all about. And then sometimes it is true that, yeah, okay, I was absolutely right. My my spidey sense is telling me that person's no good. But then sometimes that first impression is, you know, I had you pegged totally wrong when it comes to whatever. So when it comes to buying a house, first impressions can make or break a sale. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. Like first impressions are honestly everything. The only time that a first impression is not necessarily as important is if we're working with a client who is planning to fully renovate a home. Outside of that, uh, first impressions are literally everything. A client will decide, a buyer will decide, generally speaking, within entering the home, we can tell like a lot of, and I say this to my clients when we're actually going through a buyer interview and it's so interesting. And, you know, after 11 years in this business, I, it still holds true is, uh, we'll open a door and the client will be like, this is it. And sometimes when I say to my buyers, you know, it could be the first house we look at. And sometimes people feel like, ooh, it's our first house. We're not ready to buy it. And then we spend the next year looking for that same feeling in that same house. And sometimes it takes buyers like 50 houses and um, they'll know their house when they meet it. And it was re- really difficult uh, for our buyers sort of over the past few years when the market was, you know, out of control and there was a lot of multiple offer situations and people were really struggling um, to get a home. 
So we'd, you know, say to them, hey, careful not to fall in love quite with this home. But even in those cases, what we found is that when it didn't work out on an offer date, ultimately our buyers ended up with the home that really was intended for them. It's weird. It's hard for buyers to accept that when you say, I know, trust me, we see this all the time, but um, really people know their their homes, like when they meet them and uh, we open the front door. And so that's why we tell our sellers too, a first impression really is everything. So making sure that your house not only shows well, but smells great is inviting. Like it's, it's all of, you know, the senses that, that really will invite your buyer uh, to, to find it, its right home. And, and it's great when it happens. It's, it's, it's awesome to see. And uh, it's definitely one of the things that uh, keeps this business interesting, but also really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the experience that I had because when Frank and I got together, my husband and I, we each had our own properties. And so we knew that eventually we were going to sell both our properties and buy something together. And I remember going out and I can't remember how many houses I, I looked at. And not just in the West End, because we're both from the West End, but we were looking outside of the West End and and just, it wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite right. It wasn't. And then finally, our real estate agent, who who's a longtime friend of my husband's, he said, you know, there's this place on Strathcona and it's not, it's not listed yet, but did you want to go and have a look? And I said, okay, at that point, I'm like, I, I'm ready to look at anything. And we pulled up to the house and I looked at the house and it was brown and not really very exciting looking. And I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sure. And he's no, 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 no. Come on, let, let's go inside. So we walked in the front door and then I walked through the kitchen and turned to my right and there was the dining room. And the dining room is painted in this beautiful a forest green. And I stood in the dining room and I'm just getting goosebumps on my arms just talking about it. But I knew deep inside of me that this is this is the house. And I said, yep, this is the house. I said, yes, I want to buy the house without any checking the foundation, doing the home inspection and, and so on and so forth. I said, yep, this is the house. No, and, and that is the case. Like it's even for myself, there has to be a feeling in the house, even though, you know, I renovate, but I'm the same. And I say to my buyers, like it's, it's going to happen and you will have that sense of this is where I belong. And uh, it's so great when uh, we can make that marriage between the house and, and the, and the buyer work because it's awesome. It, it's everything. It's what, you know, everybody wants your safe place, sort of away from work, away from, you know, the world. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely first impressions really are everything. And they're a different thing to every buyer. So trying to appeal to a broad audience uh, is obviously what, what we do quite often with staging, but we keep our staging personal enough and close enough to the house that it will still appeal to that buyer because that is really the experience that that buyers are looking for and will actually have when they buy. Mm-hmm. I agree. And the thing about the house itself is that it just feels right. It feels inviting. So when people come over to our house, they feel that sense of, of being welcomed, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with the colors. It's just that sense that because we are so happy in this home, that happiness, the energy, the feng shui or whatever you want to call it, it, it really matters. Right. And sometimes it's like the way that light falls into house. Like it's so interesting to me to see like what, uh, when you get to know people, sort of what are their deal breakers and makers, and they can be the most interesting things sometimes um, that wouldn't necessarily occur 
to me. And sometimes it's a combination of things, but yeah, like it's great when you get that feeling and you're still in your home and you still love it. And like we were talking about, you've recently changed the brown and uh, it didn't matter. It wasn't a deterrent. Yeah, no. And we're still happy. And I know obviously the kids have been out for a long time and, you know, Frank keeps saying, you know, I want to sell the house. I want to get into a condo. And I'm, I'm like, "Mm, no, I'm not ready to leave the house just yet. And he's like, well, you know, cutting the grass and shoveling the snow, you can hire somebody to do that. You know, I just think losing the backyard, losing the the house that we've been living in here for, well, since 1998, it's hard to give that up. It is. And I will say this, and it's interesting, like when I first brought Paige on board, you know, we talk about the the most difficult transition. And um, when we're working with buyers, that is the hardest transition is leaving sort of the home that you're attached to for various reasons. I mean, we have clients who, for an example, have a property, you know, out of province or, and they recognize that they are at that place in life where it's just time to move on and simplify their life. And, you know, yeah, they can hire lawn service. They just don't want to deal with the home anymore. That is really the, I mean, it's the most gratifying, but it, it is the hardest move for sellers. And even if they're looking to buy and downsize, that client is, is challenging because it's, it really is where the 80% emotional and 20% financial comes into play. We recently worked with uh, sellers who were the original owners of their home. If you can believe it, they raised son there. Yeah. And um, they just knew every single thing about their house and that house was built in the 1940s. And so you can imagine I, uh, how difficult that is to leave. And, you know, their children had uh, grown up, they have their own children and they lived out of province. And so for them, it was really important to be close to family. And so that was sort of, you know, the focus all the time. Uh, we worked with them for about 10 months before uh, they were ready to list their home just uh, on the downsides of it and going through things. And even that it's in itself was just so emotional for them. But now um, their possession date is coming up. We chatted with them last week and they're so excited to move on. But um, yeah, and it's, and it's those relationships and meeting people like that. And obviously, you know, you're in conversation and communication with them for 10 months and getting to know them. You feel like you're part of their family, which, which is amazing. And so yeah, uh, when you and Frank are at that place, definitely it's it's more about yeah it's 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 going to be more emotional than it is financial, but um, yeah, it, it's not uncommon to feel the way you feel. No, I and and you're right. It it is it is emotional because you think about just the convenience. You like you say, you know, knowing every nook and cranny, every noise, every you know, we our furnace. For instance, we've had our furnace here and it says there's a sticker on it that was uh, from 1970. Oh, wow. So we've had our gas furnace since 1970. And obviously it's not, you know, energy efficient or anything like that, but it still works. And, you know, we've had people who come, you know, to check it out. And, you know, I think a number of years ago we were switching insurance companies and of course they have to come in and do an inspection. And uh, they said, yeah, furnace is great. No need to replace it. And, but but knowing that, you know, knowing these little things about our house and the way everything moves. And and then recently, I, well, not recently, I guess about seven years, um, Frank hired, it was so funny. He's, he, he knows people, you know, similar to the way you know people. And he needed some work done. And just down the street, there was a Filipino man and his grandson, and they were working on a house. And he just walked up to him, didn't know him from a hole in the ground. 
and said, hey, um, I want to get some work done in my house. Do you want to come over and take a look? So the guy comes over and takes a look and Frank hires him on the spot. Again, doesn't know anything about him. And he completely redid our basement and not just the basement, but the kitchen, the bathroom, the flooring, and did all this work. And it was absolutely perfect. And, you know, when they had this relationship, it was just like, just out of the blue, it's like, yeah, you know, I think I like what you're doing. Can you come work on my house? Yeah. After putting in all that work, you know, it's like, why would I want to go to a condo where I feel like I'm going to be boxed in and yeah, there's a little, there's a little balcony, but it's not the same as sitting out in your backyard. It's really not. And like, honestly, like condo lifestyle, it's a lifestyle move. It's, it's generally not for the space. Sometimes, you know, when we're working with first time home buyers or it's a budget uh, choice, but, but most often it's for lifestyle. Like people who want to travel a lot, people who want to be away, people who are past having pets or, you know, um, large parties. I mean, sometimes you have a, a recreation room or whatever, but it's, it's lifestyle, leaving a yard, leaving sun, sunlight, you know, it, it can be tough. Yeah. And I think for us, I mean, Frank's retired, so he's 65 and I'm 62, still, still teaching, you know, I teach at the university and, you know, I'm not ready to collect even CPP or old age. So I'm not ready to be like officially retired, so to speak. And so for me, because I'm still working, there isn't that opportunity for us to travel, but I'm looking at when I'm turning 65, I will cut down on some of what I'm doing in terms of teaching so that the first part of the year, we can go to Mexico and, you know, live there for a couple of months. And then at that point, I think I'd be ready to say, okay, let's sell our house, either get a condo or rent an apartment, something that we can just, you know, lock the door and then not worry about it. Yeah. But you see, like it has to make sense for your new life. Like it just becomes a complete lifestyle choice. So yeah. And we'll see if really at 65, you stop working. <laughs> I say the same thing. I say, oh, I'm on a five-year plan. I'm not really on a five-year plan. What are we joking? <laughs> like. Yeah, no. Never say never. Never say never. You know. Um, but I'm just, I'm just sort of speculating that that is realistically what I should be doing at that time. But you know, we'll we'll see. I think that's a conversation. For, like what you should be doing is really another conversation. But yeah, I think as long as you're happy and you're energetic, I can't even believe that you guys are 62 and 65. So whatever you're doing, you're doing it well. <laughs> well, thanks for that. I want to say I want to say good living, but I don't know. I think on both sides of our our families, it's the genes that allow us to, you know, be as vibrant, I guess, and energetic as we are. Oh, that's awesome! It's so good. <laughs> Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment, but first, I invite you to check out my website coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, I want to ask you, what is your 
best selling experience? What was the most favorite, the one that you maybe talk about to others or the one that really stands out in your memory? What is the sort of the best for a variety of reasons, whether it was emotional, it was, you know, just dealing with the people or, you know, what would be your best one that you've ever dealt with? Well, I have a really uh, funny, interesting story. And oddly enough, I've just recently listed this person's house again, but I talk about this quite often. Uh, One of my clients who's now a really good friend of mine, uh, we met on Twitter and uh, he had put out a tweet just saying, oh, with the cost of everything, he'd never be able to afford a house. And to that, I replied, you know, like, let's meet, let's grab a coffee. Let's talk about how we can make this happen for you. And sure enough, we met, I advised them on what they could do, um, how they could you know, shift some of their finances and make that a reality. Four months later, uh, him and his uh, partner owned a home. They've since sold that and uh, purchased another home. And here we are. I just sold them a house last month. But oddly enough, throughout this, he remarried, uh, let's say, I'm going to say two years ago. I was the best man at the wedding. And uh, (laughs) yeah, it's so interesting. And um, it's just a great testament to how you can meet people in so many different places. Um, I've had a client I actually met going through airport security. He insisted that I had a knife uh, with me and I insisted that I did not have a knife with me. And after he went through my bag, it was actually the key to my office. It was one of these, um, my office manager had given it to me and it was uh, the keychain on it was, was, was like an actual pocket knife, but branded with our office logo. And so uh, when he confiscated it, I said, hey, take my business card too and call me when you want to sell a house. And lo and behold, he called me the next year and he said, you know, Marcia, you're never going to remember me. I'm the guy from airport security. I'm like, oh, I remember you. You're the guy who took away my knife. And so um, in both of these cases, that is really more so than the client is just how interesting it is and where you meet people and, uh, and just develop these relationships and friendships that I mean, really so far last a lifetime. And it's great. You know, when I'm talking about being a best man, this client has a son refers to me as Auntie Marcia. Uh, I get lots of hugs and uh, and it's awesome. And really more than the house, more than the transaction is the people that you get to meet and the really the interesting places you meet people. And, you know, in both those instances, it's been fun. Oh my goodness. That sounds so lovely. And I'm not surprised because you are not just a people person. I mean, that's that's just overused, but let's just say that you are so warm and inviting and so genuine. I mean, what you see is what you get. And your smile invites people in. And being in the real real estate business, and not just real estate, but dealing with people, because people get that sense, that vibe of that positivity and that welcoming and the fact that you want to make a difference in their lives. And you want to make sure that they are happy with their purchase. Oh, and absolutely. And that's why, like, you know, when you work with, like myself or anyone on my team, really, we're in contact with our clients. You know, I have clients that bought their home with me 11 years ago and they still contact me like, hey, Marcia, we're building a fence. Who would you, who would we call? Uh, And that was just this year. And so we try to really focus on, you know, all parts of real estate. So when you've got a problem, I tell my clients, listen, I don't go into witness protection. Like my number is still going to be valid next month. Like call me. And that's the best part of it. And I do think sort of going back to sort of how you started the conversation is even when I buy a car, you know, I want the feeling of this person actually cares about 
the purchase that I'm making, uh, not just, you know, another salesperson. And, and I think, you no know, matter what you're buying in a big ticket item, you know, buyers know it and they feel it and, and they want to have a relationship of trust because it is a really big purchase. And so, you know, developing those relationships that are more lifelong, spinning off and they become referrals and you get to know extended families and, and it's really amazing. And it's really the best part of this job. Mm -hmm. It's trust. It's the integrity. It's being authentic. It's being real and it's being honest. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes those are hard conversations. You know, sometimes we talk people like out of a home and we say like, listen, no, we know your priorities. We know your budget. This, while, you know, you, you love parts of this, this is not the right home for you. And being able to have those conversations with clients, it's good. It's, it's really what, what does build trust. And um, we recently met a family through another client and they had owned their house for well, well over 10 years, but had planned a big renovation of it six years ago. And just due to family circumstances, didn't put their house back together. So we worked with them for eight months with our group of contractors and people that I've worked with in the past and put their whole house together and had it staged and recently sold it. And um, even that, like it was such a great adventure being able to help them make their vision come true. In the meantime, their family has grown and they wanted to be outside of the the city limits. And so they're moving out of town, but that was just so exciting. It was so great. And um, yeah, it's, it's all of those things that are outside of the bricks and mortar and the dollars and cents and talking about mortgages and home inspections that really make our job fun and, um, and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what makes you and your team so special. And that's why you win the awards and I know you're not doing it for that purpose. You know, it's not a, I mean, it's important to make money. Don't get me wrong because money keeps the business going. But I think at the end of the day, it, you don't do it for the money. You don't do it for the awards. You do it for that satisfaction of helping a family get their home, whether it's a first home, a forever home, a selling home to move to a condo or a retirement home or whatever it is. It's those transitions that I think are the most important. It really is. And like, obviously, like I brought Paige onto the team uh, just over a year ago. And what I coach, we have Monday meetings and my team's probably so tired of hearing it. But, you know, our philosophy on the team is when we provide the service, when we do care about our clients, the commission comes, the awards follow. But that is our focus is, is really caring about people because the rest really just falls into place. And, um, I mean, I'm super proud of the team I have, and I would say that they're also very client focused, which was super important in thinking about expanding the level of service and being able to service more people is not losing that connection and still being able to provide people the same experience that I feel is super important, uh, not only in this industry, but every industry, but for sure, like in my business, it's really important. Um, yeah. Is connecting with people. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, I uh, I love watching Mike Holmes, right, when he redoes the homes. And uh, there's Brian Bowman, I think. There's a few of them. And there's a show, is, is it uh, um, Sell It or? Love It or List It. That's it, Love It or List It. Okay. Yeah. I'm a self-proclaimed addict, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is leading to my next question. Okay, so I asked you about your best experience. Now, 
do you have a worst experience that you are willing to share with me? Now, not necessarily maybe dealing with the people that you were dealing with, but maybe similar to what Mike sometimes uh, finds where he's... Oh, for sure. I mean, my worst experience ever, and actually some of my favorite clients, so this is zero to do with the clients, but I sold a home, and again, it's probably 10 years ago, uh, going back with these clients, and um, believe it or not, the seller actually was building a brand new home next door, so... If you can imagine, my buyers purchase a home. They're now neighbors with their sellers. And um, the sellers uh, did not disclose, even though they filled out you know, a property disclosure statement. We did our due diligence as far as that, um, that you know, they had pulled all permits. They didn't disclose that they had had a major fire in the home. Um, nothing. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the this, this seller owned his own um like renovation construction company and, and the stone was installed upside down. And so my clients take uh, possession of this home. The sellers disclose no water. It's possession date. I get a call from my seller and it's raining and it's raining into the house through the windows. As they started to, you know, peel back the layers of drywall, they realized that they had much bigger issues to deal with black mold. The weeping tile wasn't installed properly. Um, I worked with them. I had lots of crying calls, took the calls, lots of home visits, and uh, they were successful in making a title insurance claim and redoing the home. It was difficult. I mean, they had two young children and they were juggling their careers and dealing with a home that was essentially a disaster. Um, their home was beautiful now. They, But I mean, working through that, you know, two, three years of constant renovation and remedying these problems. Um we're still friends. They're still my clients. And that was tough. Like that was really tough, you know, asking yourself, is there ways that I could have, you know, found that? Um, It was so well um, concealed. A lot of the renovations, we in fact, doing a walk through the home thought, wow, how does an eight-year-old home show so well? Like these sellers have young children. And in fact, it, it didn't. It was just recently redone without disclosing it. It had a major fire. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the kitchen had been replaced and it wasn't disclosed. So what we thought we were looking at, we weren't. And um, that is probably my worst case scenario. My heart, you know, really went out to these folks. And um, yeah, it happens. It, it can happen where people, sellers can conceal uh, previous work done. I had another instant, uh, instance again. It was more recent. My clients bought the home approximately five years ago, and we had an engineer in. We had we did our due diligence on what could the problems be, and problems can still arise. And again, um, a lot of handholding, a lot of crying calls, and just walking you know the clients through that process of remediating what we can. It was another successful a title insurance claim and uh, getting the clients. It took them two years to get the house to where they needed it to be. In that case, the house was lifted, a whole new basement poured. Um, And, you know, we work with that seller and got, got the house sold by that point in time. They felt that there was so much bad energy. It had, you know, really it's, I mean, it weighs on your personal life. Imagine that this is a big financial investment. And again, you're raising young children, you're working a career and those are tough times and sticking with the clients and um, staying the course with them. I think, you know, and it's hard, it's hard because 
you see them struggling and, and it's, it feels awful. It feels really awful. But again, in that case, successful sale, the clients have moved on to a new home. And again, really um, grateful that the client stuck, stuck with us through it and, um, and stayed working with us. And it, that's where the relationships really change and they turn from client to really uh, friendships because you're going through some of the hardest times um, with clients you know, 98% of the times it's joyful. It's amazing. Clients are super happy, uh, but there are times where it's, it's difficult and it's hard, but yeah, staying that course is tough. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine what the families were. Well, first of all, not only families, but you, because you do your due diligence, but again, you can't capture absolutely everything, but it shows your commitment. It shows your dedication and it shows that it's not just another job because if it was just a job to you, it's like, well, good luck. And you know, here's some contractors that you can call. Yeah. I mean, the commission checks already cashed. But yeah, we don't, I mean, and that just shows you though, where it's, it's more really than the commission. It's about the people and, and their families and their situations and just how real it is to people when they feel that their finances are completely on the line and exposed. Um, And that's hard. It's really hard to witness. It's hard to be a part of. Yeah. Well, you know, kudos to you and your team for, you know, going that extra mile to help those families because they'll never forget. Like you say, they're they're not they're not clients anymore. They're they're family, they're lifelong friends and relationships, and and that's the thing because when you build that relationship, you get repeat. Like you say, people uh, coming to you to buy further, like repeat business in a sense, and referring you to others because you because of the experience that you've had with you. Yeah. And that's what we hope for every time. I mean, that's always our goal. Uh, We're human. There are times we drop the ball for sure. But uh, when we do, we try to pick it back up and do our best job to make sure that, you know, people are happy that their experience is the best it can be. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all we can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, and that I want to say that's, that's more than some people do. I would like to think so, but I mean, yeah. I mean, we just focus on us. And I mean, there's a lot of, again, outside of even the clients, there's a lot of amazing agents. There's a lot of amazing people that that we meet in this profession. And um, yeah, I mean, sometimes we get a bad rap as a profession, but uh, there's some really good people within that profession, I would say. And uh, yeah, we try to be, you know, rising to the top all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important, you know, regardless of, you know, what industry you're in, it's providing that customer service. It's caring about the people. Right. It's like even when you're grabbing a coffee in the morning and we talk about it, you'll, you'll, we'll always talk about the bad experiences that we have. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter where you're at in your day. You can really make someone's day. Um, yeah. By just, just being awesome. Mm-hmm. In my role as a instructor for the university of Winnipeg Pace, Frank always says to me, you know, you work, you work too hard because what I do is I provide lots and lots of feedback to my students, you know, and I will send long emails, you know, this is what I like what you did. This is where you can improve, you know, here's some information. And he says, you know, like you're spending so much time. Why are you doing this? And I said, well, it's important for them to get this information because it helps them to grow as a student. And I've run into situations as well where, you know, students are dealing, especially during the pandemic when we were on Zoom and dealing, you know, with mental health issues and struggling and, you know, they've got a family and, and so on and so forth. 
It's being aware and being empathetic to what they're going through and offering them, you know, you need an extension. Absolutely. You've got the his, no problem. You want to talk about this. I'm, I'm available. You know, let's do a Zoom call. Let's talk, you know, but it's, it's showing that care and dedication to your craft, right? Well, also I think it speaks about you personally, because obviously, you know, it's really important to you that you are providing this level of service, which speaks volumes about your character itself. You know how important it's, it goes beyond like teaching the class. It's, it's wanting to see people succeed. And I think that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, and it's a good feeling when I see students succeeding and, you know, being excited about job opportunities or, you know, even, even learning something in class. And sometimes you think, you know, I'm just out here and I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but even if one person, even if just one person comments about what a difference it made to them, I feel that I've, I've done what I need to do. I love that. I mean, I think that's why I just so appreciate you as a human. I think that's great. It's amazing. And that's why I love you because, you know, you're, you're just so wonderful. I just had a memory. I remember uh, you and I, we used to go for coffee dates all the time. And we haven't done that. Well, I mean, pandemic, of course, but yeah, but we haven't done that for a long time. And so uh, I'd love to grab a coffee with you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So what is next for you? Um, insofar as business? Yeah, well, business I, and anything else you want to share? Uh, what's next? Well, um, I'm really hoping to take my business into uh, a different level. Um, as you know, I'm growing a team and I'm hoping that that's going to continue. I found that my passion for watching other people succeed in the business um, is sort of now even with my uh, passion for getting people into their right homes. And so um, looking to sort of develop more of that coaching side of business, um, my partner and I um, recently purchased our first Airbnb, Airbnb project. Yeah, so we're super excited about that, uh, hoping to uh, get that one, do a light renovation and uh, continue in that direction. Um, we uh, toured the East Coast for a month um, in July, which was amazing. It was a longtime dream of mine and goal of mine. And we connected with so many amazing people there. So um, I've connected with an agent there, hoping to uh, get into a bed and breakfast situations sort of over the next three to five years. Um, yeah, and travel sort of back and forth between Manitoba and the East Coast and and coaching the team. And yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know exactly where this, the, the sky uh, will fall uh, or where it will top off, but uh, we've got a lot of uh, balls uh, juggling at the moment. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously I have my grown children that are here and my grandchildren. And uh, so being, you know, uh, having a place in Winnipeg is definitely roots for us and uh, will remain that way for sure. But um yeah, we're, we're going to try a few uh, new adventures and just see where that goes. Um, still, you know, yesterday I took out my sewing machine and was busy sewing and um, decorating and designing. So that passion will never die. And just finding new ways uh, to, to sort of satisfy that part of myself without having to move um, is, uh, is where I'm at right now. And yeah, I mean, that's, who knows? I mean, ask me in a year. Uh, we'll see where we're at and we're always changing the goalpost, but uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And um, 
yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of having something in the East Coast, you know, um, you know, Airbnb and and just, you know, expanding and still keeping your roots. I mean, you can still keep your home base, but expand out, you know, in the East Coast and I know West Coast and there's so much potential out there. Yeah, there really is. And uh, the East Coast for me was, um, you know, a friend, a longtime friend of mine uh, said to me, you know, Marcia, when you get out there, uh, you're going to be like connected to it. And it was so true uh, for me. I definitely felt super connected, but it was more than the place. I mean, obviously the old architecture really resonates with me, but it was the people and just the the love of the people. And and just as a as a whole, it, the sense of community reminded me of growing up in a small town, and um, just reminded me of of my roots. And I I absolutely fell in love with it. So uh, that is the goal is to to sort of make that a reality at some point in the next few years. And um, but but even here, like uh, working on designing the first Airbnb, thinking about creating an experience for someone. So uh, that's what you know my partner and I were discussing last night. Um, just what what should that be? What should, th- should that feel like for people? So um, I think it'll be fun. Like I'm really excited about this adventure that we're on right now, and uh, excited to see the team expand and and see other people succeed in this business. It's it's awesome. It's yeah, brings a lot of joy to me. So we'll see where it goes. I love that, and I love how we have so much in common in the sense that we're about community, about connecting and, and connections, about conversations and joy. I mean, for me, it needs to bring joy to my life and making a difference in the world, and that's that's what you're about as well. Yeah, I love it. Yes, it's so true. Uh, well, thank you so much, Marcia, for for our wonderful conversation today. Oh, I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and learning more about your experience and, uh, and just hearing your stories. I mean, it just, uh, it just makes me happy, happy to hear that, you know, so many people have benefited and even the ones that had the bad experience with the house itself, they were still able to be happy at the end of it because of your dedication and and your team working with them to make things right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, thank you again. So until next time, think about your big ticket item. If it's a car, if it's a trip, or that house, whether it's your first house, your forever home, or maybe it's a series of homes as you move, it really doesn't matter. It's having the right real estate agent and the right team to make sure that you get the home that you love. And if you're looking for someone who can provide that for you, I would highly recommend connecting with Marcia Bergen and her team at Marcia Bergen Group with Royal Page Prime. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. 
If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network.